One of the people whose name has been mentioned a few times, Kelani Sataki of BYU, despite playing without their top two receivers, BYU tied at 20, driving with a minute to go against Baylor, number nine Baylor. They're at their own 39-yard line. I love Kalani Sataki. I think he's an incredible football coach. My concerns with both him and Whittingham is I just I don't know if they're leaving the state of Utah. Ooh, Baylor almost got a pick there at midfield. Uh, 49 seconds left, 20-20. We could have another overtime game. Uh-oh. Here is Mike. Mike, thanks for waiting. You're on Big Red Overreaction. Hey, I appreciate you taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I just want to say, I, I don't think when Scott was hired that anybody could really argue that that wasn't the splash hire that we were looking for. Um, but after the after the last season where it seemed like Trev had to come in and make the calls to make some changes, um, that should have been done probably a year before, um, that we're now seeing the common denominator is Scott Frost. Um, what I haven't really heard and I've thought a little bit about, and I've seen some talk about it, is do we sell out and go for an Urban Meyer with the baggage that he carries? Is that is that something that – are we at that point that we'd go for that? In the, the worst-case scenario, we end up with a Ryan Day type of uh, coordinator that takes over the program, and I'll, I'll let you guys talk on that. Mike, we addressed this earlier, but we're both out on Urban Meyer. There's There's – there's, too much baggage. There's too much baggage. There's too much PR hit that you can take. And at best, at best, short-term gain, long-term loss because it never ends well with Urban and things usually end up on fire. Nebraska's not in a place as a program that can, can survive yeah. Urban Meyer setting the place on fire like at Ohio State because he left behind a lot of... That, the, that's the a cupboard di- was fully stocked at Ohio State. Cupboard was fully left. stocked, and and they left with all of his good coaches. So yeah, and Nebraska, I, I and I and honestly, I think Urban Meyer right now is damaged goods as a coach because I really think the Jacksonville experience really damaged him, really knocked him down. Well, and aside from all that, he seems like such a personality mismatch with Trev. I don't see that happening. And a personality mismatch with Nebraska. Yeah, just the state. Like, and that's not yeah. to say it's going to be a Nebraska. It's not what I'm saying. But I don't I, – I think short-term game at best, long-term dumpster fire. Here's Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Thanks for waiting. You're on 1620 The Zone and 101.9 The Keg. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, First-time caller, long-time listener. Uh Native of Beatrice, Nebraska. So, um, yeah, uh, home home state guy. Um, hey, one of the things I wanted to touch on, one of the things I really wanted to uh, talk about is, you know, it, you hear it kind of all over the media, you know, Nebraska is damaged goods. You know, as, as far as our head coaching position, you, you always hear, you know, like, well, who would want to take the job? You know, you had Scott Frost and you gave him some time and obviously he didn't produce, but, but you know, kind of, the question is, is, is who are you going to bring in? Who is going to be that guy that's really going to make things happen? And, and you know, I mean, it, honestly, you know, at least from my perspective, I mean, the way I kind of look at it is, I mean, you know, if anything, I think that it, it shows that, that we have the willingness to work with somebody. We, we have the willingness to give someone the time to build that program. Um, you know, thoughts on that? I, I don't know, guys. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is actually a, a good job and a better job than people realize, and that's not me being a homer. That's me looking at the facts, right? Yeah. Um, like you, I think Jordan. I, that's what, like you mentioned, the the patience that Trev Albert has shown, mm-hmm. I think, is a positive for the next hire. They can look at it and say, "Listen, this guy gave you no reason to keep him, and you right. kept him." Right. Okay. That's I think ninety percent of the athletic directors in the country would have let him go last that year. That might be low. That might be a low number. Um, Trev might have been the only athletic director in the country that would not have let him go uh so yeah i think coaches will look at that and say hey they've shown patience with guys before mm-hmm. even though those guys gave them no reason to uh i think you look at it and say listen this is a school and a university and a state that is committed to winning football both with their support and with their resources you have a brand new facility that's being built mm-hmm. you have plenty of nil dollars to go around yes and for the first time, maybe ever, certainly pre-Devani, you have incredibly reasonable expectations. Yeah, the expectations aren't quite the same as before. Because right now, if you can go to a bowl game every year and be in the conversation when, no, the, no, when the calendar hits November for your division title, people are going to be happy <coughs> for a while at least. I mean, that's... Yeah. You're going to get a pretty long runway if that's where you're if that's where you're trending. If as long as you can get to that point, yeah. Because yes. we got to be careful because obviously Frost was going to get a long runway. He we did just, get a long runway. We just didn't expect the runway to run through the sand trap, past the barrier, through the grove of trees, into the adjacent neighborhood, wiping out two dozen homes, and then straight into hell. Um, <laughs> the, so. And then here's the other thing is people always talk about it's so hard to recruit to Nebraska, blah, blah, blah. Listen, guys that have been good recruiters have recruited well here. Mike Riley, for all of his faults, is a good recruiter, recruited well here. Bill Callahan, for all his faults, recruited well here. Recruited exceptionally well here. Tom Osborne, good recruiter, recruited well here. Mm -hmm. So the guys that have had any sort of penchant for recruiting have recruited well here. Yeah. I mean, look at the guys that Mickey Joseph has brought in just in six months since well, getting here. Even even with Bo and with Frost, they've still been top twenty-five class. That should be good enough to n- make bowl games. To, well, certainly to, to make bowl games to compete in the West. Yes, it should be. That's, now, now we could have the argument: Are they getting the right types of three that's a and different four conversation. players? That's a right different types conversation up here, and even skill set wise, you can and skill set wise. You can get a four-star drop-back quarterback, but if you're running a QB run-heavy op, uh, offense, it's not going to work out that well. So that's a different conversation. But the fact is, is you can get guys to come here. Yes. And maybe not Ohio State guys, but guys good enough to compete for the West Division, you can get those guys to come here. So that's the biggest obstacle, and it's been proven over the last 25 years that if you're any good at recruiting, you can do it. So I think it is a good job. And... You're going to get paid probably $6 million plus to come here and do it, depending on who they hire. If they're hiring a current Power 5 head coach, like a Matt Campbell, for example, mm-hmm. you're probably going to get $6 million to come do this job, maybe a little more. Oh, I, I think the uh, oh, BYU just missed a 35-yard field goal the, to win it. What a one it. They're going to go to overtime. I think, I think right now the minimum – I think the next coach minimum will make at least seven, seven, five. Okay. So again, that's good money. That's SEC yes. money. That's big time football money. Okay. So all the only argument you really have is in state, you don't have a ton of talent, mm-hmm. right? 
But as we've seen, that's an overcomable obstacle. This isn't trying to this isn't trying to recruit at Notre Dame where you have academics that are out through the roof. This isn't trying to recruit at Stanford where you have academics that are through the roof. This is a doable job. Yes. And there's plenty of guys that I think are going to look at this landscape and they're going to look at Trev and say, this guy gave Scott Frost an extra year when he had no business getting an extra year, and that's going to be really appealing. I'm not saying you're going to pull a you know, college football playoff head coach. I'm not saying you're going to pull a Dabo or one mm-hmm. of those guys. What I am saying is, I think there's going to be real interest in this job from really good candidates. Ray. Good evening, Ray. Hey, hey fellas. Um, I wanted to tell you, you hit the hit the nail on the head about accountability. And there's three things that I think that we need in the next coach, and that is that they need to be hungry, they need to be humble, they need to be smart. And in the middle of all that is an account, uh, accountability. So just wanted to say you nailed the head, uh, nailed that one, and uh, appreciate you guys. Appreciate you. Jake is up next on 1620 The Zone and 1019 The Keg's Big Red Overreaction. Hey, guys. Go ahead, Jake. Hey, uh, kind of piggybacking on what Robbie just said, I was going to ask you guys, um, you know, is there any other job that you can think of in the Big Ten where they are – I guess any other coach is kind of on the hot seat right now or looking at, you know, if they have a losing season or something like that, that they're going to get fired. In the Big Ten? Yeah. Uh, Maryland, maybe? I was thinking maybe Tom Allen at Indiana. Yeah, Tom, maybe. Maybe. They're pretty patient. But they're pretty patient. Especially considering he's been successful there in the past. I know they were really bad last year. I suppose – Sorry, Greg and Lincoln. If if Purdue took a dump this year, they were like nine and three last year. Though, do you think? Yeah, they were, that's true. They've been too yeah, good to. I'm, I'm just trying to think maybe in the I extreme. Think maybe but Maryland. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's. I don't think there's really a lot. No. The reason I ask is because I almost look at, at you know the coaching positions in the Big Ten almost like quarterback contracts in the NFL. You know, it's always be best to be the the next one kind of up to get that next big contract. Yeah. With everything happening in the Big Ten to where you have USC and UCLA coming and and opening up the footprint into California, you know, the Big Ten just signed a, what was it, like $1.2 billion TV contract, so you got TV money coming in. Yep. I almost, I guess respectfully, think the names being, or, you know, the names that you guys have said and that I've seen online and people are talking about, it's almost like, I think we could shoot higher because with that, that, you know, Nebraska being the next new job in the Big Ten, it's going to be a hell of a lot more attractive than I think we give it credit for. Well, I think I think you're right, Jake, and, and appreciate the call. A, a name that we haven't, I don't think we brought up yet. I think Dave Aranda is one to look at. We've mentioned him in passing. I think Dave Aranda is a really good coach. Um, I, I think there's going to be high-profile interest in this job. I just don't know what names that necessarily looks like and what those names in terms of compatibility with Trev and the program look like. One of the things you have to consider for those of you wanting Nebraska to swing for the highest fence is you have to give them something more attractive than what they already have. Yeah. The reason why A&M was able to swipe Jimbo Fisher was because Jimbo and the administration at Florida State weren't seeing eye to eye, and Jimbo didn't feel he was getting enough, you know, 
financial and, and resources, resources. facilities and exactly and so that was a unique situation stuff. if there is a situation like that out there where there's somebody who might seem like they're in a great situation but underneath the surface they're not certainly you know that's an area where if trev's got his ear to the ground and he's hearing things from other people if he's hearing hey so-and-so's not quite happy here so-and-so's not quite happy there but if you're gonna go out and try to steal away that's why an Matt- already a great coach they have to be willing to leave a situation that right now is better than Nebraska. Is a lot better than Nebraska. At least on the field. That's why Matt Campbell makes so much sense because Iowa State can't offer a lot of the resources Nebraska Correct. can. Correct. Iowa State can't offer the money Nebraska can. Iowa State can't offer a lot of those things that Nebraska can. And I think that's where, and, and I agree with you on Whittingham, he probably won't leave, but, but you look for coaches like that in leagues that aren't Big Ten or SEC. Yeah. Who are really good. And that may be a little nervous about the future of their conference. And and the future of their school That's and why their place in the world. Maybe a Kalani Sataki. BYU's moving to the Big Twelve. Right. I'm um, obviously Whittingham in the in the Pac twelve right now. Or Luke Fickle. You know, Luke Fickle going to the Big Twelve. You're like, yeah, how do you how how it's good a, do you really feel there? It's a damn shame that things have gone so south for David Shaw. I loved David Shaw. He would I, be great. But he also... But, man, I just I don't know if you I could sell that higher. I don't think you could sell that higher. Honestly, the guy that I think... you And I don't know that I don't know that Nebraska can get him, but the guy that fits that bill that you're talking about is Luke Fickle. Mm-hmm. Not really sure about the... I mean, Cincinnati, money-wise... They're very, moving up, but, you know, they're still a level down. And you're still moving into a league that the future is really uncertain in the Big 12. Yeah. And there's no way, I haven't looked at the numbers recently, but there's no way that Cincinnati's offering the facility, resources, and money can't. that Nebraska can. That's right. You can't recruit the same level of kid to Cincinnati as you can to Nebraska. And I understand Ohio is a more fertile ground, but you're like eighth in the pecking order in Ohio because you're getting Pennsylvania in there. You're getting Kentucky and all the Southeastern Conference teams are in there. You are not high in the pecking order in Ohio if you're Cincinnati. So what good does it really do you to be? It's like being, you know, it's like being South Florida in Florida. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you have access to Florida kids. You have access to like the six tier Florida kids. Yeah. Right. That's the same access to Florida kids that Nebraska has right now. Right. Yeah. So how much good does it really do you to be in that state if you're not getting the state's top talent? They have started overtime. Uh, Baylor gets the ball first, and uh, it looks like this touchdown is going to be called back. There's a flag on Baylor. Here's Brian. Hi, Brian. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? We're awake still. Doing great. <laughs> Going strong. Just imagine. But anyway, you guys kind of already answered my question because I was just like, well, my thing was with the way Nebraska's been going, I was thinking that you need to go after a big flash hire, but it seems like at this point, I'm kind of feeling Robbie with the Robbie with the Matt Campbell hire, somebody that can build from the inside out. So it's just that that's just what I got right now. Yeah. I think Campbell's a great hire. Uh, like if that's where, like, I'm get, still on the Matt Campbell bus. I get that it's maybe not quite as sexy as like a Luke Fickle or you know some of the other names we've talked about, but Matt Campbell's a really good hire. Like, make no mistake about it. He's got a history as an O line coach. He, Iowa State's one of the hardest places in the country to win. Yes, and you're dealing with a lot of the same challenges that you do at Nebraska without most of the advantages. Correct. So winning there at all at a consistent level is incredible like 
Matt Campbell is a very, very good hire, and I think he is very gettable because his situ- I think he's at the ceiling of his situation, mm-hmm. right? There's only so high you can go at, Ohio- at Iowa State, and I think he got there last or two years ago and then being you know top 10 preseason last year. I think he's at his ceiling at Iowa State. If he can hit the ceiling at Nebraska, it's a higher ceiling than Iowa Much State. Much higher ceiling. Last call of the night belongs to Jack. Hi, Jack. Let's go, Jack. Good morning, guys. Um, <laughs> some perspective for you. I, I currently work in college athletics, and I have for over 20 years. So um, I talk to our coaches at the school. I work for, work for Division One school in the Mountain West. So I talk to our coaches all the time, and, and uh, I'm not a uh, Nebraska native. Didn't go to school in Nebraska, but I respect Nebraska. And they've been my kind of closet team since the 80s. So I, I keep up with it. Obviously, I'm talking to you guys, so I follow it quite religiously. Um, and talking to people I know in the profession, um, the Kyle Whittingham thing is it's a non-starter. He, I believe he's 62 years old. He loves Utah. He almost retired last year after the uh, the Rose Bowl because he thought that was kind of the zenith of bringing Utah into the Pac-12 and getting to the Rose Bowl. Um, he's closer to retirement than leaving for any job. I, I don't think that would ever happen just talking to people I know at the University of Utah. Um, that being said, the coaches I've talked to, I think everyone is selling the Nebraska job short um, for the reasons everyone else talked about, but for a major reason is the NIL opportunity. The, the coaches talk nonstop about NIL and, and how they can recruit with NIL. Mm-hmm. And in a place like Nebraska where you can get an organized collective and the whole state rallies behind the program and the whole state's involved, there's opportunities there that you don't get at a lot of places. And if you combine that with the Big Ten TV money that you have, um, there would be no shortage of people that want that job. Um, so I don't think there's going to be any problem getting a, a bigger name coach if that's the direction that Trev wants to go in. I'm not so certain that is the proper direction. I, I, I'm of the opinion that um, a developmental coach would be good because I think you can recruit to Nebraska, but I think you have to have a, a, the right identity. I, I heard you say before that you thought that Chadwell from, from Coastal Carolina is a risk. I agree to a certain extent. But I think he has an identity. His program has an identity I think that Nebraskans would identify with and relate with. And I think that he's done more with less than any program in America. And I think if you gave him Nebraska's resources and he can develop guys and recruit guys to fit his system, I think offensively they'd be a juggernaut. And if he had a good defensive coach, I think Nebraska would would, would, uh, do very well with him. But that's all I have to say, guys. Appreciate the time. Hey, appreciate it, Jack. And on that note, uh, Baylor just missed a field goal in overtime, so all BYU needs to do is get some points, and they will win in OT. So here's the situation, my friends. Uh, Tomorrow morning, seven, almost exactly seven hours, seven hours from now, Michael (laughs) Severe will be sitting in this chair. And so those of you who didn't get in tonight, or those of you who are going to stay up and you know drink until tomorrow, <laughs> just just keep it right here on 1620 The Zone or 1620thezone.com because Michael will be here. He'll have more of the post-game audio, I'm sure, and his thoughts on everything. And then after that, well, you know, when things happen, we're the place to be. As of... 1 a.m. Sunday morning, Scott Frost is still your head coach. Yes. That's all we know for now. If things should change, you'll know this is the place to be. I imagine there there would be 
round-the-clock coverage if something were to happen. I don't know about round-the-clock. 24-7. I imagine at least, that from at least 6 a.m. to at 6 p.m. At least 6a to 6p. Where it's always a.m. radio. Where it's always a.m. radio. <laughs> hey, thanks to producer Dan, Ravi, John. It's been great being up with you tonight, and now I get to drive back to Lincoln. Uh, that's going to be fun. At least you're going. I, I don't know if there's any traffic still. We've been I don't on the think air there's any while. traffic. Although I think Josh just got home. Yeah, he said he was a two-hour-plus drive. That's a rough drive. At least you're going against the the against oh the yeah no so i'm not be, worried about traffic it'll be a it'll be I'm a just, I'm, what i'm worried about is any husker fans who decided to stop on any of the various overpasses and just you know <laughs> do the swan dive well and i'm dodging that but hopefully we don't have any hopefully of that. we don't have that guys it's not that serious it's sad but it's not that serious exactly You'll there'll be, be okay. another day and there'll be another head coach there'll soon, be another day sooner rather than later it'll be all right it could be worse it could be um Oh, and BYU just missed a field goal. Oh, seriously? Well, at least I have a game to listen to on the way home. Shame there you go. For a little while. There all you right. Go. Thanks to all of our great sponsors, Burton Plumbing, Heating, AC, and more, uh, Equitable Bank, Coors Light. Again, Michael Severe tomorrow at 8 a.m. And whatever else happens after that, we're your place to be. 1620 The Zone. For Robbie Lula, I'm John Bishop. Good night, everybody. Up.